You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit, POD Cast. We are back for another week. The POD Cast, of course, stands for Pride of Detroit Cast. Very clever, very smart. Just like me, yourself, myself. Oops. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Reisman. I am the managing editor of Pride of Detroit. You can catch me at Detroit Online or at Pride of Detroit on Twitter. I'm taking over hosting duties for this week. We've got a full show this week. We're going to cover a little bit of some camp battles. We're going to talk a little bit of camp battles, even though camp isn't uh, isn't uh, right, you know, still a couple months away from the camp. But OTAs do start next week. So the battle really begins, I would say, in May. So why not talk about it now? Then later we're going to get into some contract extensions talk. The Lions have a lot of cap space left. What are they going to do with it? Are they going to extend some guys? We'll get into it. But before we get into any of that sort of stuff, let me introduce our co-host for the evening or afternoon or morning whenever you're listening to this first we've got ryan matthews the rock god, Back is the rock god. at ryan underscore pod on twitter ryan how are you doing i'm doing phenomenal jeremy it's the beginning of may and we're talking lions football so i'm ecstatic <laughs> i'm just glad you didn't hit me with the justin timber like it it's gonna be may because oh. I'm, I'm done with that already uh, I'm going to work that into my into my classroom tomorrow for sure. Okay. Uh, and, and we have a special guest, special in that every time he's here, he's a treat. Jerry Mallory is here with us at Jerry Mallory NFL. Is that right? That's right, man. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. It's always fun to hang out with my buddies. Talk a little Lions. Yes, it's, and it's always good to have you. We, we, I, I, I meant that sincerely, that you're always a treat to have on here because, I mean, you you have your own podcast. I'm not sure what the status of it at this point is, but it's clear you got the chops to be here. Hey, man, you got me blushing over here. Stop, man. We're just getting started. Come on. Hey, you know, you were buttering me up off off podcast. Now I got to I got to return the favor. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> All right. Um. So before we get into those aforementioned topics, we got a little bit of news at the top to take care of. Um. First thing I want to tackle Ziggy Z- Ziggy Ansa heading to Seattle for the Seahawks just signed a one year deal. With them last week, the the deal's worth nine million total. It's a uh, that's his salary, three and a half million signing bonus, two and a half million guaranteed, and then he's got a whole bunch of roster bonuses. Basically, his salary cap number is seven point nine million. Guys, what are your thoughts on Ziggy going to Seattle? Did the Lions make a mistake letting him go at that price? Is Seattle getting him at a discount? Is that a good fit for him? That's a lot of questions in one. Who wants to tackle at least one of those? I'll I'll be the first one to talk about Ansa, and I'm happy for the deal that he did get. Uh, it's going to give him an opportunity to really prove himself in order to you know maximize his value. You know, like you mentioned, the the guaranteed base salary isn't a whole lot, but those roster man bonuses. I mean, 53 man roster, 1.5 million. The 46 man roster, 1.5 million in bonuses. Like he's got some incentives to to stay healthy and be a part of the team, and the Seahawks have a need for him. You know, after trading Frank Clark. Mm-hmm. They they had a spot open at defensive end, and you know what better chance for them to you know maybe potentially hit a home run than than to get a healthy Ezekiel Ansa. Now we know that from some reports that it seems like Ansa's probably going to miss a, a good chunk of time. He's he's probably going to miss you know maybe the first month of the season even potentially. So as as a lion as you know as somebody who who pays close attention to the lions because i'm not going to say that i'm a lions fan anymore because they have oh, to do a lot run. to win me come over on, this Ryan. season boy here we hey, go we can talk about this during the mailbag but anyways uh ansa i i think 
I think for the Lions, it just didn't make sense to bring him back because the Lions have an awful lot of bodies on the roster that deserve a good, you know, they, they deserve a good long look. And I think that the only thing Ansa would do would take away playing time and snaps from those guys. What do you think, Jerry? I agree. First off, um, I love the, um, the accidental nickname Jeremy just gave him, Ziggiel. I think you can combine the first <laughs> and last name. That's kind of like cool. It. Yeah, I think I'm going to start calling him Ziggiel. I, I agree <laughs> with you, Ryan. I'm not as uh, I'm not as far in the no campus. Like, you know, I guess some of my friends are just talking about, you know, Ziggy to other Lions fans. They're like, oh, definitely not. He's always hurt. No way you bring him back. Me personally, you know, I pondered it. I thought about it. I said, hey, depending on what the price is. But he had some visits with uh, the Saints at one point. I think the mm-hmm. Bills. Yep. You know, my thing was, you know, we got closer and closer to camp and he's just not getting these deals done. Maybe, you know, we can get a man for a, a really reasonable deal. Like in the $5 million range, I would have gave it a shot. But uh, for the amount that he got, you know, around eight or nine million, you know, I wish him the best. But, yeah, it, it was probably time to move on. I mean, uh, how many years has it been since he's been healthy? Is it, Are we looking at like three or four years since he had like that uh, 14 sack season the year after Sue? So. You know, just year after year, you know, you even go back to last year, you're excited. I think he's, I think the first game of the year, he looked good and then immediately got hurt, you know. So at some point, when do you keep saying, you know, give him another year or just see if he can try it out somewhere else? So I wish him the best at that price tag, a little bit steeper than I'd like to do. And as we're going to talk about later, we've got a lot of cap room, but we got some money to spend potentially on some guys in house. So no to Ziggy at that price. Yeah, I think I think I'm with all of you guys there. It was just it was just time for the the team to move on because they couldn't rely on him and it it's sad because you think about how he came into this league and every single coach that seemed to cross by him said like you guys are just seeing the tip of the iceberg. Like once he gets going, once he learns this game of football to the full extent that he's capable of, like he's he's going to blow this league up and then injuries just derailed all of that and you know, it's not only derailing production on the field, but you have to imagine it's derailing his development as as a football player. And, and now we're getting close to 30 at this point. And, you know, the the one thing about Ziggy is just the recovery time seems to be so long with all of these injuries. And that's not a, a, a hit on him. You know, he's a hard worker. Every single coach will tell you that. Um, but just any any little, like like Ryan mentioned, the the estimates that, the injury that he's currently, you know, recovering from shoulder surgery could be up at least, I think he said a month. And when anyone gives you a span of time for Ziggy, you always kind of bet on that longer end of the thing. So, you know, 7.875 million cap hit for, for what could be only about 10 to 12 games, just too pricey for a team. I think at this point. Yep. Agreed. All right, let's move on to um, the other news. We got a little bit of sad news. Um, to start the week this week, uh, Gunther Cunningham, the, the former Detroit Lions defensive coordinator, passed away um, this week uh, due to cancer. He was 73, I believe. Um, I, I just wanted to touch on it. Um, if you guys have a, a certain memory of of Gunther, because there's been some really cool stories I've seen on Twitter today on Monday of of some beat writers that had some, some very special interactions with him. Um, obviously, we weren't as lucky to to be in the room at that time when he was with the team, but um, maybe just some things you remember, some stories you've heard or some things you saw on TV. Um, what, what's your kind of lasting memory of Gunther in, in Detroit? Yeah, it was kind of a sad a story there hearing that uh, Gunther passed away. Obviously you've got the, uh, the memorable moment with the, uh, the little notepad or the little clipboard <laughs> where he yeah. punted it. You know, that was, you know, kind of a, a little comic relief thing, but, um, like you on Twitter today, hearing different ones. I think Justin Rogers had a pretty cool story about him and just mm-hmm. hearing different people talk about him. Um, he seemed to be very personable. Uh, mm-hmm. He certainly was passionate. And uh, was he our court? Who was our coordinator in, in 2014 where we had that that pretty memorable run with Sue? Was was Gunther the guy at, at that point? I, I don't believe so. I think by then it was. Uh, oh, that was Austin. Austin. Right? Yeah. Austin. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But. Mm-hmm. Um, he he had a story career, you know, it wasn't his first yeah. stop. We know he had some time in Kansas City. And uh I'm gonna ask you again, was he was he one of the guys that are kind of instrumental with pro football focus? Didn't he leave yeah. the NFL to kind of do some work with them? Yep. And that was and his Chris last Collins job. Were. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, he you know, he has a story career, you know, he had a, a short stop here in Detroit. And, you know, when you consistently hear good things about a person time after time, 
And it wasn't just the, the couple of beat writers. It was uh, other things you heard, other articles. It's always hearing good things about the guys. It's a shame that he's gone. And it's it's interesting you bring up PFF because, I mean, you think about Gunther Cunningham and, you know, I think in, in Detroit it kind of became a meme that he was the, you know, Abe Simpson yelling at the cloud like he's an old dude. But the fact that he had such an interest in pro football focus, you know, a very modern idea right. of, of analytics shows just how devoted he was to his job to the end. And And you hear stories of him being, you know, at the facility at 3 a.m. in the morning, just working his ass off. And um, I think that goes to show just how devoted of a coach he was. But but like you were mentioning, there's just so many stories about what he was like as a person, too. It, it definitely is a is a big loss for the NFL. Um, do you have any any parting words, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I, you know, the one thing that I think is kind of overlooked about Gunther is that you know, he was brought on board the same year that Schwartz was hired as the head coach. And that was when the Lions were definitely at probably their lowest point. Right. Sure. I mean, you know, he he hires in, uh, I think it was like a, a week after Jim Schwartz had taken over. The Lions had their, you know, they had their franchise quarterback. They're heading in a different direction. And then, you know, even with a regime change, because he was the defensive coordinator for the entire time that, uh, you know, Schwartz was in town. Jim Caldwell brought him on as like a senior coaching assistant for 2014, 15 and 16. So, I mean, yep. you know, this was a guy who had, you know, not only respect of somebody like Schwartz, who he worked with in Tennessee. And that's obviously maybe, maybe part of the reason why, obviously that, you know, Schwartz brought him in. Uh, but, you know, he had the respect of, it seems like everybody around the league. So uh, sad news, but uh, a, 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 you know, a storied career, even had a chance to be a head coach with Kansas city. Yep. You know, had had a couple of, had a couple of decent seasons, went nine and seven and seven and nine. But it's kind of weird to sit here and say like, oh, like football defined this man's life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Put it into like wins and losses. So it right. was really cool. It was really cool. Like I said to see, or like Jerry mentioned, uh, you know, to to hear some of the stories that beat writers had about uh, how personable and and how cool a person Gunther Cunningham was. Yeah, and if if you guys haven't heard or seen those stories, uh, we don't want to tell them via the podcast, but go back to Michael Rothstein's Twitter for Monday afternoon and Justin Rogers. They, they both had really interesting stories about him. Um, but let's move on to uh, the 2019 Detroit Lions. We're going to talk some roster battles because, as I mentioned before, um, we got OTAs coming up next week. So the, the battle begins now, and I want to just kind of talk about the biggest ones, um, the biggest battles that are going on, not necessarily for starting jobs because, honestly, Starting jobs are mostly locked up for this team. I mean, obviously some some things can change with injuries or, or maybe someone could surprise, but, you know, looking around this roster, you know, right guard and, and cornerback two are maybe the two only positions that really don't have a clear starter at this point. Um, so let, let's get right into it. I want to start with, let's start with offense. Um, Ryan, what do you think is the biggest uh, camp battle, um, position battle that there is on offense? And, and maybe it's, it's probably right guard. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah, I think that I think that might be the obvious answer, but I actually would like to start with running back. I think okay. it's really interesting where the Lions are going to go in terms of after after CJ Anderson. I mean, they have they have carry on, they have CJ. I'm just wondering who's going to emerge as that third back. Who's going to get priority? Mm-hmm. Who's going to be getting the snaps? Because I think between Zenner and Riddick and Ty Johnson, I think one of those guys is going to be left out. I, I don't think that the Lions are going to carry five running backs at all, especially if they're going to keep a fullback as well, right. which it seems like they're going to do with Nick Bodden. But it just seems like one of those guys is going to be the odd man out. And I keep on looking at it and I'm like, I think it's going to be Theo Riddick because why else would the Lions draft a player like Ty Johnson if they weren't planning on keeping him? Because he definitely seems to kind of overlap in terms of skill set with Theo Riddick and he's definitely different than than Zenner so I'm not I, I'm just intrigued to see how the running back position shakes itself out Jerry what do you what do you think about the the running back battle right now because I agree it is pretty interesting I don't know who's going to be number number three there the one thing that's uh making me say uh Riddick might still have a chance I have to look and see you know, how good are these new guys are at blocking? I think the value of third right. down with Theo Reddick is so big. So um, I, to be honest, I'm not sure how good of a blocker 
CJ Anderson is. I mean, he's a big body. That doesn't mean necessarily he's a good blocker with technique um, or, or Ty Johnson. So I'm kind of with Ryan. I could see Reddick being replaced in some ways, but the value of blocking is one thing that might keep him around. And then he does have that price tag to where yeah. if we if we move him, we save like three, four million dollars. So he's got a couple of things going on where I could see him being shipped out. No, don't mention trading for him. I don't think that's a realistic possibility. I mean, maybe a seventh round pick or something, but I know some people have been clamoring for a trade. But I'm kind of with Ryan, but I got to look into these new guys and see how good they are at blocking because that value at third down with a Reddick protecting the quarterback is still big. Yeah, and I think that's a really good point because young people, that's that's one of the toughest things to learn when you right. get in the league. So a guy like Ty Johnson, especially given his kind of like short stature and nature, I don't think he's going to come in and be a very good blocker right away. So if if you do decide to take Ty Johnson over Theo Riddick, that's definitely taking, you know, a big chunk of your pass blocking skills out of that backfield. And, and you know, you, you can't have skills at every single position. You have to make uh, cuts somewhere, but that, that would be... I think a significant risk. So I, I think Riddick is still around. I think he's just, he's been such a like favorite among fans to be a cap casualty that they're kind of looking for any reason to, for it to happen now since it happened, since it hasn't happened yet, but it's not like the lines are really begging for, for cap space at this point. So I, I think he's probably going to last another year. And and I, I totally agree with Jerry in terms of it's really important to have a guy who the Lions can have in on third down be a pass catcher, be a, you know, you know, be a pass blocker, things like that. I'm just wondering how much of that role is just going to go to carry on Johnson because he he's mm-hmm. shown an ability sure. to do that. And he's Good just, point. he's the guy. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering how much they value that situationally versus somebody who, you know, like Zach Zenner, for example, somebody who can, you know, pick up yards between the tackles, or maybe that was why they brought in CJ Anderson because they really like how he can run inside zone. I, uh, it, it, that's why it's one of the most interesting battles to me is just because I, I can really see it going, you know, a, a variety of ways. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to right guard because uh, I, I, it might be the biggest camp battle in, in camp in, on the entire roster. And there's this push amongst Lions fans. I, I asked over the weekend who Lions fans want to start at right guard this year. And 35% decided to select undrafted rookie out of Wisconsin, Bo Ben Shawl. Uh, guys, are you ready to give the job to an undrafted rookie? I, th- I think when you look at that 35%, people are saying, okay, Kenny Wiggins, he's been in the league a handful of years. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to be about as good as he's going to be. Sure. And then this Abouche guy, same deal. So we know what they are. You know, the, the potential has already been tapped, so to speak. So this Ben Shaw guy, um, people were clamoring for him, per- perhaps in day three. I believe he was one of the, or if not the highest rated guard, mm-hmm. uh, according to Four Football Focus. Run he's from Wisconsin. Out. He's from Wisconsin. You know, he had twenty teams clamoring for him. You know, one of the most sought after undrafted uh, free agents. And yes, right guard is a big hole after losing T.J. Lang. So you add all those things up, and his untapped potential. Yeah, in theory, you know, we sit here and we envision this Ben uh, Bo Benshaw guy you know, being unheralded, undrafted, and then just being a stud like he was in college, uh, as opposed to the known commodities. But I think realistically, you know, he's probably here to get some seasoning. And yeah, I would love, I would love, yeah, if he was the starter. But if he's the starter, that probably means Kenny Wiggins and the Boucher is like, they're even worse than we are kind of fearing <laughs> they might be. Right. Um, so I, I don't want an undrafted free agent, particularly winning that job, uh, unless you know, we can take the other way, and he, he really does just prove everyone wrong. I don't think that's as likely. But if you look at that 35% on prior Detroit, you know, people are hopeful, man. The ceiling is high. You got the untapped potential. Uh, but one last thing on that position, I think this was mentioned on the site, the fact that Kenny Wiggins was one of the first guys available to the media last week. Yeah. Him, Quandre Diggs, Rashad uh, Melvin. Uh, some people are thinking perhaps that means it's uh, it's his job to lose. And he is the incumbent. He was here last year, uh, played all around the offensive line. So yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of rolling with that. I think he will be the starter. Uh, you'll get the first crack at it at least. And uh, but I, I'm excited for this Bo Benshaw guy as well. I was very happy that we picked him up. So I don't want to rain on anyone's parade. But um, this is going to be something where you see him slowly work his way in and potentially have a chance to get some more playing time toward the end of the year or next year. 
And if you guys haven't seen that Kenny Wiggins press conference, it was great. He was really good. He was. It was the first time he has ever been up at a podium. He said uh, for for a press conference, and he he knocked it out of the park. And so he certainly made a fan of me last night. I'm kind of rooting for him. I obviously want to play him to play a little better than he did last year. But uh, Ryan, where do you think this this battle stands right now? And do you think Bo Benchall has a chance to start at all in 2019, or, or could he start in Week One? Is that realistic? I don't think him starting week one is realistic in any sense. Okay. Um, and, and I, and by saying you want Kenny Wiggins to play a little bit better than last year, you mean like <laughs> a lot of bit better, right? Yes. Yeah. He, I, he kind of gained his footing towards the end. I mean, the lines were able to run the ball down the stretch surprisingly, but um, pass protection wasn't great. Yeah. Not, not the best. Um, I'm really looking at this as almost kind of decided. And I think it's interesting that, I think it's interesting that people, you know, even think that a undrafted rookie is going to come in and immediately start from the jump or they prefer that to happen. But I think you got to consider the context of everything that happened this offseason. The Lions went out, got a new offensive coordinator in Daryl Bevel, who played for Daryl Bevel in 2017, Abushi. Like yep. I just think that it I think it I think it makes so much sense that he's going to, especially, you know, he uh, he was even named Pro Football Focus's secret superstar of the team for the Cardinals um, for starting six games, uh, six of the final eight games of the regular season for Arizona. Um, you know, he was really good in, in pass protection, um, earned earned a nice grade in that. So I think that just with the familiarity that he has with Daryl Bevel's system, uh, you know, playing for him before, the Lions obviously, I think, targeted him for that reason. I think that he's going to be the starter from day one. Now, can that change over the course of the season? Absolutely. Um, because I don't know if he's really done enough uh, to solidify himself as being like a, a, you know, a permanent right guard because he is on his fifth team in seven seasons. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, let's quickly do tight ends and then we're going to move. We're going to take a break and then talk about the defense. So, Tight end situation, we all obviously know the top two are going to be TJ Hawkinson and Jesse James. But from there, I think it's it's a complete toss-up. You know, you got Michael Roberts, who's who's struggled over his first two years. You got Logan Thomas, the converted quarterback. And then you have Isaac Nauta, the the seventh seventh round pick, um, who a lot of people are thinking might be a steal in their draft. Um, do you guys have any sense of who could be number three or number four if the Lions decide to keep four or maybe even five tight ends this year? Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to be Roberts, man. He just hasn't shown as much. I think uh, that one game against I don't know, either Miami or or New England, he got in the end zone once or twice. But other than that, that dude's been a huge disappointment. I and mean, we think back to the draft that year, him and Kareem Hunt out of Toledo, both were kind of like targets that Lions Twitter really wanted. So when he came here, I mean, we were all just real excited, man. He had a ton of touchdowns in college. You know, he's big. He looks like he, you know, could develop into a pretty good blocker. But if you look at this guy on the field, man, he is he's a complete liability, man, out there. He he looks lost at times. I think he's done. Uh, so I'm going to scratch him off. I think this new guy, Nayuda, Naruto, whatever, dude from Georgia. <laughs> Naruto. I, I, think he's got a good, I think he's got a good shot, man. Um, one thing Quinn mentioned about him, I don't know if it's true or not, I guess. I guess he wouldn't just, you know, make a, make this up. People could fact check this was the fact that this guy was like a, a, a pretty sought after tight end. I think he said maybe beginning of the season or mm-hmm. at some point he had like a second round grade or he was in that mix as a top four or five tight end, suffered an injury and uh, that kind of, you know, plummeted his draft stock. So if that's the case and, uh, you know, he, he can find some health. I like the chance of Naruto, man. I'm I'm down with it. You can, you can get a lot of. You know, some get some shirts made up with him, and you know I'm not big into anime, so I don't know how it will work. But we could figure something out with him, and then with Abushi, we can like maybe mix up some uh, bad and bougie or something. So we got a couple. Of, we got a couple of cool names to work with. So I'll it, roll with it. It's interesting you bring up Naruto though, because Eric Ebron was a huge Naruto fan. He even did a Naruto celebration. Ebron. Oh boy! All right. Yeah. So speaking uh, of way Titan. to bring morale down. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, give your quick thoughts on this, and then we got to take a break. Uh, my quick thoughts are that I'm just thoroughly impressed with Jerry's propensity for wanting to make sense. I love it, and by sense, I mean C E N T S. He's always thinking about how to how to make a buck for the for the website. So dollar dollar bills, baby. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, then we're going to take a break here. When we get back, we're going to talk roster battles on defense, and then we're going to start talking about contract extensions because it's time to start thinking about that. Bob Quinn usually starts, you know, uh, extending people towards the end, of, towards the beginning of summer, and, and summer's just around the corner. So we'll be right around the corner when we come back. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back with the Pride of Detroit podcast. We are talking roster battles. Now we're going to flip it over to defense. There are a couple more on offense, but you know who really wants to talk about the backup quarterback job right now? Crickets. That's right. All right, let's let's talk cornerback uh, too. It's 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 the most interesting battle I think on the team because the Lions obviously went out. They they signed Rashawn Melvin to a one year kind of prove it deal after a rough year in Oakland, um, and then. They don't really have a lot else. So I think some people expected the Lions to go cornerback earlier in the draft. They certainly had some opportunities to, but they didn't. But then they go and grab Imani Oruarie in the fifth round, and suddenly everyone thinks he's immediately going to start. And I'm not sure. I mean, you have to wonder why Oruarie fell that far. But, um, guys, are you, are you hopeful for a guy like Rashawn Melvin? Do you think Oruarie could start in his rookie year at any point? I'm just happy we got Armani, man. Every time I think about it, we got him in the fifth round. I mean, you know, I think most of us would have been happy with him at in round two, certainly round three. You know, round four comes, it's like, man, what's going on? And finally hear his name. Uh, I don't think, you know, he'll be ready this year. Um, but I'm hopeful for cornerback, too. I feel like mm-hmm. when you have the potential of Armani, I'm not going to try to butcher his last name like I did the other time. You have his potential. <laughs> I think Mike Ford showed a little bit last year, and sure. our buddy uh, Kent uh, with with the uh, with the Rascar showing this guy is a, a, a uber athlete. So he has the potential there. And then Melvin, I like the fact that the year before, you know, he played in a scheme more suited to his uh, skill set or uh, there and with the Colts, I believe, mm-hmm. and he looked a lot better than he did when he went over with the Raiders. So I think he's jumping back into a scheme that's better suited for him this year. Between those three guys, and, and I'm looking at Melvin the most because he's got the most experience, but between those three, I think we're going to come away with a much better cornerback number two than we did last year. So I'm, I'm really hopeful with the cornerback position this year, man. Are you as optimistic, Ryan? I'm optimistic about it as well, but we didn't even mention Tease Tabor's name. And I know that some <laughs> people have written sure. him off completely, but I'm not willing to do it yet until I see what, what we're going to get out of him in training camp. Uh, I'm still hopeful about him. I'm not ready to give up on on Tabor, uh, and I think I I think I feel that way just because Bob Quinn was so adamant about you know how much he believed in Tabor and how much tape he watched and this that and the other thing. I do think that this job probably belongs to Rashawn Melvin if he can play like you know Jerry alluded to if he can play up to the way that he was playing back with the Colts in in 2017. If he can get back to that form, then. The Lions really got themselves, uh, really got themselves a good deal. So, uh, yeah, I look for Melvin to get the job, but don't write off Tease Tabor yet. Wow, you guys are a lot more optimistic than me when it comes to cornerback too, because I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm writing Tease Tabor off. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't believe that, you know, he's had a wake up call and suddenly, you know, his work ethic is going to be a lot greater and suddenly he's going to be a good cornerback. I'm kind of taking him out of the out of the equation at this point. Rashawn hater. Melvin, maybe I'm a hater. I don't. I have no reason to hate on Tease Taper, but Gator hater, Gator hater. 
Rashawn Melvin's an interesting case because I get the whole scheme fit thing, and I do think he's better than he was in Oakland, but I also feel like that's a bit of a convenient excuse for a guy who's really only had one good season. Um, I I just the the one thing that that I will take and I take it from his press conference is you know last year he was very public with how he didn't like how he was being used in Oakland. He had a series of tweets in it, kind of got in trouble with uh with his head coach there. And he's he has experience with the Patriots, so he knows what he's getting into here. He knows that this is where he wants to be, and he said that specifically, and he sounded very excited about it. So if he really thinks this team will play to his strengths, maybe maybe that means he'll be okay, but I think that involves a pretty big leap of faith. And I know this is the time of year for, for leaps of faith, but I think we might have an issue at cornerback too, and not one that's going to be solved anytime soon. I don't think Oruarie starts this year. Um, most cornerbacks don't, uh, especially ones taken in day three. But I, I, I do. I'm hopeful for his future, and so I think maybe that position gets locked down in the near future. Um, but you know, we're, we're going to talk about it in a minute. Slay, Slay's coming up on a contract extension, um, and so. Uh, will they have two bona fide outside starters at any point in those guys' career? We'll see. Uh, what about when move- we trade for Patrick Peterson? You didn't, you didn't <laughs> hey, factor that in. Come hey, on, hey, hey, right? wait a second. You're getting to the mailbag a little early here. Right, roll. Oops. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to safety really quick, and then we're going to talk some contract extensions. Um, safety is kind of an interesting position because I feel like there's there might not just be like two set starting positions. You know, there, there's, we know that the lines like to use three safety sets. We know that they like to move them all around between, you know, strong safety, nickel corner, you know, they, they love their guys to be versatile. And so I don't even know who necessarily the two starting safeties are. I know you have Quandre Diggs. Um, are we all expecting Tracy Walker to, to be that second starter or could Will Harris potentially take it in his rookie year? Is Tavon Wilson going to be the starter since he's the only kind of veteran of the group? Um, I, I, I'm very confused, but excited because I like all of these guys. What are you guys' thoughts on the safeties? It's time for the young guys to roll, man. Uh, okay. You know, Wilson is, you know, he's good. He's solid, man. He actually, you know, played pretty good for us last year, and he's going to fill a need. Um, but I feel like, and, and I got to temper my expectations because in short glimpses, Miles Killebrew looked really good his rookie year too, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but it's the same with Tracy Walker. He had limited snaps. But he looked really good, so I'm trying to temper my expectations for him. But I, I got a good feeling about him, man. He's got the athletic profile. He's got those long. I love wingspan, man. He's a fellow wingspan guy. Uh, <laughs> he's got those long arms. Look like he could be a playmaker. So I think he'll get a, a good portion of snaps. But then, man, Will Harris is going to find his way on the field. And I, we talked about this uh, after the draft. You know, he's a big hitter. He's a, a another one of those athletic guys. I think he's just going to find his way into more and more snaps as the season goes on. So I think the young guys are going to get the uh, pun intended lion's share of the snaps, but Wilson will be there and ready if needed. Um, I know earlier I talked about him potentially not even making the roster. I think uh, I want to backtrack on that. Wilson will still find a way on the roster, but I do think the young guys, uh, first Walker getting the most snaps starting, but Will Harris will be in the mix too. Yeah, Brian, you feel him? Uh, I, I feel I feel similar. I think to maybe even to add that it almost seems like Will Harris is, was potentially drafted to be a Tavon Wilson eventual replacement. Seems like mm-hmm. you know when you turn on his tape, it seems like they both had that you know stick your nose in, move up in the box, make the tackle, make the play kind of mentality. So I think that the Lions probably drafted Harris as as an eventual replacement for Tavon Wilson. I'm I'm kind of with Jerry though. It seems like they might want to keep him. They might want to keep Wilson around, just not necessarily for like insurance purposes. But you know, I I'm not sure if I see Miles Kilber making this team. So if you want to roll with th- three safeties right there with Will Harris, Tracy Walker, Tavon Wilson, and add Quandre Diggs to the mix, I think you have your four safeties right there. And what better person to teach you to be the next Tavon Wilson than Tavon Wilson, right? Uh. Yeah, I, I would I would think so. I don't think you'd want Miles Kilber to teach you how to be the next Tavon Wilson because the Lions <laughs> tried that. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to uh, contract extensions because I think this is an important topic to talk about because there are some big decisions coming for this Lions team. And as, as we mentioned before, this team has 
over 20 million in cap space. It doesn't look like they're probably going to spend it much on players at this point, unless there's an Indomitian Sioux signing around the corner. Um, let, let's start with uh, the two defensive tackles. Now, Damon Harrison still has two years left on his contract from that Giants contract. But as we know, uh, changed agents this year, it, it seems like he's very much interested in getting an extension now. And then Ashawn Robinson is still on his rookie deal. Um, not much of an impact his first two years, but definitely turned a corner last year. Guys, if, if you're Bob Quinn, which one of those two is your priority right now? I, I think the number one priority for, for Bob Quinn needs to be Damon Harrison because it was real easy to see when you flip down a Lions game at the beginning of the season versus after the trade deadline, the type of difference that he made. And I've been on the podcast before talking about you know Damon Harrison is the player that Bob Quinn needs to keep on this team. If you want to say that the Lions drafted P.J. Johnson as, as somebody who could potentially you know, fill in the Damon Harrison snacks role, maybe one day he could, but you're talking about maybe the best run defender when it comes to the interior of the defensive line in the entire football league. So I, I, I'm just saying that if the Lions want to maintain all of this momentum that they have, it seems like they've done a really good job of putting together this defensive front that the you know that fans have so dearly missed ever since 2014 and, and when Sue left and they had all that depth they had Sue and Fairley and Ansa if they want to if they want to keep moving in the right direction they want to they, they need to take care of snacks because I think that he's a guy that you could see playing at a high level for maybe maybe another three to four years mm-hmm. I really want to get on here and I, you know, like have a little back and forth with Ryan, disagree a little bit, you know, a little Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. Like, let me skip. tell you something, Skip. Skip, 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 skip. Ryan, Ryan. But I, I, man, I agree with this dude. You know, Ashawn looked a lot better when Snacks came here, but Snacks completely changed that defense, man, as far as, you know, run defense. It was like night and day. Um, I, I feel as though he'll age well. You know, he's – in his, what is he, in his early 30s, he's got a good two, three, maybe even four years left. He's a big body. He, he's never been an uber athlete or anything like that. So I don't think we have to worry about his uh, his skill level declining anytime soon. So if I'm picking any of those three, I'm, I'm going with the best player. And if you cut on Madden and you look at Madden ratings, Damon <laughs> Harrison is like a 95 and, and Ashawn probably, I don't know, they, they might give him an 81 or 82 this year. So I That's mean, not very valuable. Use, yeah, you can use Madden logic. You can use just, you know, looking at the, the play on the field. It's got to be snacks, man. That, that's the guy you got to go ahead, pay him. Got a big personality. You know, it all adds up. No disrespect to Ashawn, but, um, you know, got to be snacks. He, and Ashawn would be the odd man out. And I'm not trying to typecast Damon Harrison as being anybody else other than Damon Harrison. But when you look at those successful Patriots defenses, does yeah. he remind you of Vince Wilfork? That's right. And I mean, when you look at Vince Wilfork's body versus Damon Harrison's body, it seems like Wilfork was carrying around a lot more weight. I could be wrong, but I mean, just from like the eye test, it seems like Wilfork was a bigger guy. But like you, like you said, Jerry, Snack's game isn't really predicated on athleticism. It's predicated on technique uh, and, you know, IQ. He has a high, high IQ for somebody who can, you know, shed blockers and, and fill gaps and things like that and have, you know, have, have a nose for the football. So I, I think. Like you said, it, it just it should be such a big priority for for Bob Quinn to keep you know snacks in town. Well, okay, so it's I mean it's it's easy for us to sit here and say, hey, obviously extend Damon Harrison. He's a linchpin of your defense. He made such a big difference, big difference last year. But we have to talk figures at least a little bit. Like there has to be a breaking point to how much you're going to pay for a guy like this. No. Um, his cap hits, <laughs> his cap hits in night in this year right now is set at seven million nine point two five next year. What are you willing to spend on this guy? I mean, defensive tackle, how important is that to your overall team? How much are you willing to spend? Look at a guy like, I don't know, I'm trying to look at a, a nose tackle similar to him. Geno Atkins, maybe he's making $16.3 million a year. Are you willing to, to spend basically an almost additional $10 million a year on this guy? I don't think he'll be that high. Uh, Atkins is, uh, I think he brings a little bit more value as a pass rusher as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm thinking if we go in the neighborhood of 11, 12 million dollars annually, mm-hmm. 
So we extend him, you know, maybe two years on top of his current deal, or we rip up that last year and give him three years at thirty-six million, or two years at twenty-four. I think that's a good price for him, man. Okay. Um, you know, he is kind of a two-down player, so you can't go crazy with it. Pass rush is a premium, but I think at twelve million, he'll be probably one of the highest-paid, like true uh, nose tackles, and uh, th- that should get it done, man. That's a nice five million dollar bump in pay. And I, I'd be comfortable with that amount, you know, make him the highest paid at that position because he is one of the best at what he does. Jeremy, how much did you say that Snacks was making this season? His cap hit is $7 million this year, 9.25 next year. So his cap hit is $7 million. Mm-hmm. I would be willing to go as high as $14 because Damon Harrison plays like he's two people. <laughs> and this is a guy who, yeah. I mean, ever, ever since he came into the league in 2013 when he had opportunities, this man started – 16 games, played 16 games, started 16 games, played 16 games. He hasn't missed a game his entire career. And he played 17 last year. <laughs> he did. He played 17 without playing a playoff game last year. <laughs> so, I mean, durability, just like not a concern. And I know that at any given moment, knock on wood, that, you know, something bad could happen. But like the guy's track record, it speaks for itself. It's true. Um, and I, I think I'm right there with you. The question then just becomes is what do you do with Aishon after this year? And, and maybe the lines are in a good enough cap situation where they can extend him too. But if Aishon has a year like he started to have last year, you have to imagine he's going to kind of command a lot of money. A young guy kind of on the rise, that's going to make a, a, a big splash in free agency should the Lions let him hit it. And, and maybe that's something to consider is that Damon Harrison won't hit free agency next year, but Aishon Robinson will. So maybe you make Aishon a priority. Hey, it's the Patriot way, though, right? If he gets a big contract, that means that we get a compensatory pick. So, you Very know, I'd be, I'd be down with that. Okay. Tell that, good point. Tell that, tell that boy, bye, says Beyonce. <laughs> Patriot also, way, baby. Also, I just looked up Vince Wilfork. This has to be his weight after football, but it says <laughs> that he was six foot two, 325 pounds, and Snacks is 6'3", 353. So maybe Snacks just wears his weight in a much better way. <laughs> Clearly. All right, um, the last guy I want to talk about with contract extension this year is Graham Glasgow. Um, I think we're probably going to be all in agreement here that, yeah, you do it because they've been trying to fix this offensive line for so long. Graham Glasgow, talk about dependability. The guy's missed one snap in his past two years. And while he hasn't been phenomenal, um, he's certainly kind of, you know, he's, he's developed a, uh, a rhythm with, with Matthew Stafford as, as a snapper. Um, the running game is finally starting to, to get off the ground. Is there any reason for you guys that you wouldn't extend Graham Glasgow this year? He shaved his mustache. <laughs> He's got to go. Other than that, yeah, bring him back, man. You Jeremy, feel the same I, way? No, I don't, just because I think oh. you're being a Michigan slappy right now. Just because I played Fortnite with him and saying he's an automatic sign? Recently? <laughs> I think that might be clouding your judgment. I like being being honest though. How long has Graham Glasgow? How long has Glasgow been a fixture of this offensive line? But we're still talking about it getting fixed. I mean, how much of that okay. might potentially have to do with him? I, I'm not saying I'm not saying cut the guy. I'm not saying that you know you need to be looking for a replacement for him because clearly the Lions are, you know, they're kind of already in flux at right guard with just losing T.J. Lang. So, but I think you just have to have your options open. I don't think it's an automatic slam dunk no-brainer that Glasgow comes back. I, get, I My concern is, like, I just don't want this team to be drafting offensive line in the first two rounds every single freaking year. This this year, this past year excluded. No, no and, it counts, tight end. <laughs> it kind of does, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. I mean, I think if you find a center that works, and to me, I think Glasgow's worked. I, I think... You, you, there's not a ton you can complain about it. And like I said, reliability is, is a huge factor too. And the guy has been on the field more than Stafford has. So I'm all in on, on re-signing him and it has nothing to do with him carrying me in Fortnite. Shut up. Uh, Whatever you last, say. Last thing I want to mention is, is the 2021 free agent, li- free agent list is huge. And so we, we talked about maybe extending snacks this off season, but maybe the Lions want to consider doing that with some free agents that are going to be headed that way in 2021. Let, let me, let me list off some names. Darius Slay. He's all right. Damon Harrison, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay, Devon Kennard, Matt Prater, Sam Martin, 
Taylor Decker. All of those guys are set to become free agents in 2021. Are you circling any of those names? Be like, let's just extend that now to get that over with. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Here's my thing with Slay, and he's good. And I mean, you don't, I know, and and I'm not trying to do like a hot take. I don't know, man. I just, yep. I, just wanna, I, I know. I know. <laughs> hey, wait, let me tell you something. Skill, skill. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I don't know, man. Last year was not stellar, and I don't know if he was fighting an injury or. Mm-hmm. I'm a little, I'm a little worried about Slay. I just want to see, I want to see this year. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run to to give him this big, huge contract. I, I forget which cornerback. Somebody just signed a new deal that just got broke off pretty, uh, pretty handily, pretty heavily. And I think you know, if if we were to extend him right now. He'd be probably getting one of the top paid cornerback, you know, salaries. I, I I still believe in him, but I would like to see the rest of this year. I guess on this list, though, if there was one guy, I would say just go and I feel the most comfortable with. It'd probably be. Uh, I mean, we already talked about snacks, so excluding uh, snacks would be uh, Kenny Galladay. Um, as soon as he's eligible to get re-signed, you know, I think it's all there, man. You know, he doesn't get great separation, but other than that, he does everything you like out of receivers. He got the speed. He's got the, uh, you know, he can make the tough catches, uh, you know, whatever you need him to do. So out of that list, excluding snacks, the guy I want uh, is uh, Kenny Galladay. Bring him, you know, re-sign him as soon as you can. And and just for clarity, the, the guy that just signed the, the big cornerback deal was Xavier Howard, the, the Dolphins guy, signed a five-year, $75.25 million contract. So that's yeah. average of $15 million about per year. Yeah, so Slay would get at least that. He would get five yeah. years and eighty right now if we were to extend him. Now he may he may be worth that. I'm not saying he isn't, but I just let's just let's just see what he does this year because he was a little I, disappointing last year. I will say there's something weird going on with Slay, and and maybe maybe this is just my perception and it's not actually what's going on. But I do feel a combination of him not playing well last year, a combination of him a very very minor con- criticism of Matt Patricia last year, the outdoor practices thing, not not a huge deal. Then a combination, like, okay, I can't prove this, and I have, I'm, I hate to speculate because I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm pretty sure he's not at off-season workouts based on what I've heard from, uh, but like Rashawn Melvin said, I've met Darius Slay a couple times last week. Why would you say that if you're practicing him with him every day? Right. And let's be clear, a veteran like Slay, well within his rights not to show up at voluntary workouts. I'm not slamming the dude for not, just saying. It's kind of interesting because as far as I know, this would be the first year that he didn't do it. Um, but yeah, the, I'm getting a weird vibe from Slay. And, and I, I think I'm with you that maybe I'd put off extension talks for a year until it's absolutely necessary. But I, th- I think that's a situation to definitely keep an eye on. I, w- when it comes time for him to get his extension, he's going to be he's going to be 30. Yeah. I mean, do you really want to extend a dude that long who's. I don't know. It, it, it's an inter- it's an interesting idea, and I think a lot of Lions fans' heads would spin if you even brought up the idea that you know Darius Slay shouldn't be resigned. But I, uh, man, I hate when we agree on this show so much. I want this to be I want this to be first take. No one actually wants that. That's listening though, right? No one wants first take, right? Touche. What <laughs> a, what what about Taylor Decker though? I, real quick, just because you know the Lions did you know. They extended his, you know, they the fifth, the year, fifth year, yeah, the fifth year option. They they secured that. So clearly, I mean, it makes sense for them to do that. But do you think he's the option at left tackle long term? I, I think he has to prove it. I think I, I, this year is huge for him, him, right? Yeah, because I I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I I'd be a little surprised if they did. You know, if they pulled an Eric Ebron and cut the dude next year, they they obviously need to have some sort of person step up and be comfortable in a in a position as big as left tackle, but. Yeah, on it, if he wants to earn an extension rather than just play out next year on that fifth-year option, I think he has to have a big year. I agree. Got to prove it, man. All right. Well, I think we just solved the offseason. We, we figured out our contract extensions. So let's take it to the mailbag. We got a whole bunch of questions, and we got a whole bunch of answers waiting for you on the other end. So we'll be right back. It makes me want to wag my 
comes I want a whale. Mail time. It's the podcast mailbag. If you ever want to participate in it, hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag AskPOD or wait for that thread to come up on the Pride of Detroit website. Usually comes in on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, so keep an eye out on those days. Uh, guys, do you want to start with a Lions question or you want to start with something out, something off topic? I just I have one just brief suggestion. You know that little mail time jingle? What yeah. about one one of these times, instead of letting the little pre-recorded thing do the three-phase harmony, like the next time I'm on here, the three of us can we can practice beforehand. We just kind of hit <laughs> that harmony live, man. On here. I, th- I think that would be a nice little wrinkle. Are we about to do a barbershop tri-tet? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. I'm, <laughs> I, I, we 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 should have. I should have even mentioned this on the air. We should have just we should just bust out with it next podcast. But now it's out. Now it's out there in the universe. We pretty much have to do it next show, right? Yep. Yeah, we're yep. definitely locked into doing it. But why is it a tri-tet? Why isn't it just a trio, Jeremy? A trio or a triplet? I don't know, because I like making up words. Shut up. <laughs> Ziggiel. Because I was thinking quartet, <laughs> and I'm just... <laughs> all right, all right, let's... You know what? I asked a question, neither of you answered it, so I'm just going to decide. We're doing a Lions question. Uh, no Pictures uh, asks, could this be the most underrated secondary in the league? Now. Based on our previous conversations, I think you two are going to say yes because you guys love our cornerback two position. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would say underrated. I would say that it might be overlooked. I'm not sure if anything's underrated or overrated anymore. Wait, how can something be overlooked but not underrated? Aren't they essentially synonyms? No, no, they're different. They're different. Just take okay. my word for it. I went to school a bunch of years for this. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, but no, I mean, you look at the line secondary and I think what it has the potential to do makes it, makes it kind of underappreciated. I'm trying to use as many synonyms <laughs> as possible. Jerry, what do you, what do you got to say about this one? Well, when uh, Madden 2020 comes out featuring, <laughs> oh featuring Patrick Mahomes, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pop that bad boy in. I'm going to look at all the ratings. I'm thinking Slay's going to be, I don't know, probably about an 88 or so. And then after that, it's going to fall off a cliff, man. Amani's going to so? be, yeah, they're, they're not going to rate him right, man. Amani's going to be in the 60s because he's, you know, a young guy, fifth round pick. Mike Ford, they're not even, they might have just a question mark next to his rating. Um, Rashawn <laughs> Melvin. Have a picture of him. Yeah, it's going to be a silhouette, just a dark silhouette, <laughs> no picture. And then Melvin's not going to have a good rating either. But as we do our roster updates each week, and we head into, you know, the middle of the year and we get toward the end of the year, all those guys' ratings will go up quite a bit. So I'm agreeing with this guy. I've got a lot of confidence, maybe not in all three of them, but in one of the three to uh, kind of, you know, stake their claim and, and reach the 80s in Madden 2020 featuring Patrick Mahomes. They should be paying me for this. But, yep, <laughs> I, I think we could have a chance to be vastly underrated in real life and on Madden 20 featuring Patrick Mahomes. By the end of the season, Tease Tabor will be the third highest ranked Lions player in the secondary. Oh my God. Yeah. What? Skill. Okay. Skill. <laughs> Come on, Skill. The thing I like about the secondary is his versatility, and that's mostly coming from the safeties. I love just how all those guys can play deep safety. They can all play, you know, that, that hard hitting, uh, strong safety. They Some of them can even play nickel corner. So that to me is going to be most exciting, is just like watching them move all those pieces around get all those guys on the field and yeah, they're, they're underrated. I, it's hard to say what everyone is rating the secondaries at this point, since, you know, rosters are just now kind of being set, but I think they're definitely underrated and underappreciated and underlooked and underlooked. And yeah, <laughs> let's move on to a non lines question. Uh, Ray stick stacking us. Oh boy. I'm sorry. The at almighty Ray. Ask who wins in a fight, John Wick or Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe? Um, this isn't sponsored content, even though there is a John Wick movie coming out this week. Guys, I'm not even sure who Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe is, but I've never seen John Wick lose a fight ever. He's probably killed about 500 people in those movies. So I'm picking John Wick. Any of you going against Keanu Reeves in a suit? Well, aren't you an 80s baby? Shouldn't you know everything about G.I. Joe? Aren't you like 40? 
Okay. Man. Okay. Shady. Shady. I'm going with John Wick too, man. I mean, I just recently I've had a puppy now for about a year, and the the love oh no. the love that you can have for a puppy. I I I didn't know you can love <laughs> a, a non human as much as this. So I understand the rage that John Wick has. <laughs> if someone were to even just look at my puppy the wrong way, I'd rain down furious blows upon someone's head. So yeah, John Wick has that puppy rage, and uh, no one can stop it, man. So I'm or I don't even know if it was a puppy. He's got dog rage, man. He did his dog wrong. So, yeah, I'm going with John Wick in every scenario. Ryan, I know it's been a while since John Wick 2 is out. Uh, were you old enough to see that one in theaters, or did you have to get your parents to bring you in to see it? <laughs> I was too busy sucking on my thumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move to another question. Uh, Ooh, gaga. <laughs> Mike GM, the the famous Lions Twitter, Mike GM, at Archambom3. Ask Isaac Nauta, will he be in the TE regular rotation? We talked a little bit about the tight end position earlier, and we talked a little bit about Isaac Nauta. One thing that I found interesting is I don't know if you guys read it yet. Um, on Monday, we released a QA with a guy, uh, a Georgia um, reporter. He's huge on Isaac Nauta. And, and, and like Jerry said, at one point, he was a very high tight end prospect, but injuries and and a poor combine showing kind of dropped him but this guy says i see isaac not only making the team but working his way into the starting lineup and having a long prosperous career in the nfl are are you buying this or let, let's do a little around the horn are you buying or selling not a not only having an impact in his rookie year but having a long career in the nfl as a member of the Detroit Lions, I'm selling that because if I'm buying it, then it means that Jesse James is bad or TJ <laughs> Hawkinson busts. And if either of those things happen, I'm but, probably not going to be a Lions fan anymore. So it's okay. Stop saying that first off. Second it's not off, a I mean, threat anymore. It's a promise. <laughs> this is a team that, that will probably go to tight end a lot more than they have in the past. So they're going to be relying on their depth. They'll probably have at least three active on game day every, every week. So there, there's, I think, a role for a tight end three in this team. Um, but but you're not buying it with Nada? Or? I mean, to be an eventual starter, that means that he'd have to crack the top two. I, he might be part of the tight end rotation. Yeah. He has a greater okay. chance, I think, of being part of the T-shirt rotation if we put Jerry Mallory in charge of things over here. That's right, man. <laughs> I'm, work, I'm working on a Naruto shirt and maybe some type of uh, little cross-up with him and Haloti Nada. So I'm, I'm, the wheels are spinning, bro. <laughs> Uh, all right, I'm not going to let you answer that one, Jerry. That's your answer. Uh, let's move on to uh, we we had a couple questions. Uh, there was a transaction this weekend. Donald Parham, t- speaking of the tight end position, uh, was cut. A lot of guys thought he might compete for one of those roster spots because he's a monster of a man. I think he was what six seven or so. Um, Austin Daniels and Preston Scott both asked, "Were you surprised Parham was cut? And and any reason?" Why, why Donald Parham was was cut? Now I'm I'm certain that none of us have any inside sources as to why he was cut. But um, were you were you guys surprised when that happened, or um, was this just kind of a shrug of your shoulders of they're just you know moving around the roster with some UDFAs? No big deal. I mean, if he was like two inches taller, I don't think no one would, would or two inches shorter, no one would really care, man. It's just the fact that he's. You know, six eight, it kind of stands out. I'm, I'm, yeah. You know, I'm I'm not going to act like I know a ton about him. I mean, it was intriguing, but you know, six eight, two forty, it's a little bit light. And I mean, he's an undrafted free agent, so it's kind of hard to say you're ever surprised that. I mean, I guess. Uh, I mean, I would be a little surprised if if Bo Benshaw got cut or right. uh, or I forget the tackle that we brought in. Ryan Pope, yeah. Ryan Pope, those two guys, I'd be surprised. But other than that, I mean, no, I mean. He, you can't be surprised by it. It was intriguing because of the height. I think that was the only reason any of us really knew who he was anyway. He was 6'6 six, six instead of 6'8. I don't think he would have even been a uh, a thought at all for most of us. Yeah. yeah. I think... Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. No, just real quick. I was going to say, you know, it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of Narado, Narado and <laughs> Nada. <laughs> I'm so mad I let you talk over me there. Uh are you? I mean, the other thing you have to keep in mind is this guy is from a tiny college in Stetson, and tight end is one of the toughest positions to transition from the amateurs to the pros. 
I think they probably got a look of him at him as like that is a long term project we're not willing to take a risk on. Even even if it's a ninety man roster risk, like he's just too far out. And that's maybe, probably it. Maybe he also doesn't have the positional versatility that you yeah. enjoy so much about our defensive backfield <clears throat> that we True. could have with Logan Thomas because he could potentially play quarterback as well. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what I was thinking, but I th- I think he's probably more of the receiving type tight end yeah. than, than the the dual threat. I mean, if they if they want to stick with somebody like you know, in all seriousness, if they want to stick with somebody who could be a red zone target, that's why they drafted Michael Roberts. True. Right. Yeah. Very true. All right. Let's move on to another silly question because we always need to sprinkle those in for a little bit of fun here. Philip Maloney asks. Who do you think could eat the most Detroit style? Oh, why did I already say this? Who do you think could eat the most Detroit style Coney dogs in a row? Maddie P or Snacks Harrison? Also, no water, only Fago Red Pop for dipping. Snacks, man, come on. He's he had he's got the size. He's a little bit younger, so you know, the whole digestion deal will go a little bit better. I think between the two, if I had to get the most likely candidate to have heartburn, it's going to be Matt Patricia. He's not a trained athlete. So although Snacks is a big man, he's an athlete, which means, you know, this is a competition. And I got to give it to the big fella, Snacks Harrison, man. He he dusts them off. I think he eat twice as many as Matty P. That was like some really good color commentary of, of digestive system. Like you got metabolism in there. You got age. I like that answer. Ryan, do you have a better answer? (laughs) No, this is why we have Jerry Mallory on the podcast. This this is why we have Jerry Mallory on the podcast. Uh, All right, let's move on to another one. We got at Legree Ethan on Twitter asks, in your opinion, who was the best draft pick in the last five years for the Lions? So I'm assuming, let's count this here. So that brings us all the way back to 2015, the Lake and Tomlinson draft. I'm guessing you're not going to pick anyone from that draft class because it was well, actually, never mind. There is one very good candidate in that 2015 draft class, but the rest is a is is nobody. Um, guys, do you have an immediate guy that comes to mind? I like hmm. Quandry. I like Quandry Diggs. What what year is yep. that? That's 2015. That's the, yeah. the lone good pick in sixth rounder. Yeah, that's the thing, man. I know he's picked kind of late, so the fact that you can get a guy in the sixth round, I think he's the, probably the only guy that's still on our roster from that. Just you know, horrific draft. And, uh, you know, we're starting to hear things about him. You know, we, he's a good player and now he's kind of stepping into that leadership role. Um, you know, yeah, I got to go with Quandry, man, for bang for the buck, six round pick. I'll go with that one. Hmm. I think that my answer is going to be Deshaun hand, like in the fourth round, getting a player Mm -hmm. who, if he can, if he can take even just, if he can take a, a slight step up from a year prior and put that together for an entire season from start to finish, you're talking about a guy like, you know, you got him in the fourth round and he's going right. to be potentially one of the best defensive linemen in all of football. I, I think that that's a, that's a huge win. The only other guy I could see making, you know, anybody making a case for is Brad Kaya. Nice. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I think the correct answer is Quandre Diggs, but you, you do make a good point with Deshaun Hand. I just feel it's a little bit early to start declaring, you know, a big win there. Um, obviously, a promising rookie year, and I, I also think, you know, it, at the time it really saved the draft for me. I remember on draft day not being too thrilled with the first three picks and seeing the defensive line not addressed at all. Then they go out and, and make a you know somewhat risky move, trading a, a third round pick in 2019 for uh, a fourth round pick in, in 2018, but it was a savvy move. It was a guy who very clearly has a role in this defense who very clearly seems to have caught on with the coaching staff that he's somewhat familiar with already. Um, good, a good case can be made there. I think maybe Kenny Galladay is also a pretty good case. Third round pick. Um, you know, this guy is going to be the team's number one receiver and, and to get a guy at that caliber in the third round, not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, I mean, after this season, though, if we get a full season of 16 games of carry on Johnson, we could all be singing a much different tune, getting him at 43 overall. Nope, you don't trade up for him. Never going to say it. I still hope he runs for it. 1,800 yards this year. I do, too. I'm still not going to say it was a great pick. It was just <laughs> good building on the defense offensive line. Good job, guys. Anyone could have run for 1,800 yards. Yeah, behind a center like Graham Glasgow. Exactly. Homer, 
Yikes. <laughs> um, Lions Twit SP asks, who has better writing, Game of Thrones or the NFL? Uh, C, other, Pride of Detroit. Boom! You know what? That's a mic drop. That's going to do it for Mic drop, baby. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for joining in the podcast. We will see you starside, as our own Chris Perfett says. Stay tuned next week. You did that just as adequately as he would have wanted you to. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Pride Detroit POD cast. We are on iTunes and Stitcher. Our main theme was produced by Ryan Shepard. You can find him on Twitter and on SoundCloud at I am Brian Shepard. I A M B R I A N S H E P A R D. Thanks a lot to him. Check out his stuff. He's been great. He gave us Victory Monday. So go check him out. That's I am Brian Shepard. And thank you for everyone who keeps listening and makes us one of the greatest Lions podcasts possible. Y'all are awesome. See you, Star Side. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.